therapist at University of Louisville Hospital. She tells CBS is 60 Minutes. We can't, we can't get away from it. We can't work from home. We can't do virtual. You know, we have to show up, and it's just... It just keeps coming. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy will lift mask mandates for students and school employees today. Two of the country's largest low-fare airlines are teaming up to become one. Frontiers announced it's buying spirit. Here's CBS's Chris Cruz. The deal totals $6.6 billion when the assumption of debt and other liabilities is included. The company said they expect the resulting ultra-low-fare airline will save flyers a billion dollars a year because they'll be able to provide more low-cost fares for more flyers to more places in the U.S., Latin America, and the Caribbean. Delta once again calling on the FAA to compile a no-fly list for unruly pandemic-era passengers. In a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland, CEO Ed Bastian says it would serve as a deterrent. Incidents shot up 72 percent last year, most of them related to mask mandates. An update from the Winter Olympics. CBS's Steve Futterman is in Beijing. The lone medal for the U.S. here in Beijing today came in the team figure skating event. The U.S. earned a silver. The next event in figure skating is the individual competition. And in that event, American Nathan Chen, the current world champion, is the favorite to win gold. However, right now it's unclear if the U.S.'s number two male skater will also take part. Vincent Cho has tested positive for COVID-19. Americans are still itching to get away. Evidence, state and national parks are still breaking attendance records. Superintendent Matt Snyder at Custer State Park in South Dakota. What we're seeing is just people filling in wherever there's an opening, they're filling in, even if it's only for a night, they're taking advantage of that and coming out to the park. S&P futures are up seven. This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, weekdays on CBS. Now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that the widely used non-contact thermometers are not accurate and have high probabilities for false negative readings. New COVID strands are on the rise and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters most. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Don't wait. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's the next best thing for Adele fans. Hello, it's me. Okay, not the real Adele, just an Adele impersonator at Caesars Palace. If you dropped hundreds or thousands of dollars on tickets for the British pop star's now-canceled residency, you can catch her doppelganger for free. It's part of the Legends Divas show. Rumor has it. 
It's a spinoff of the Legends in Concert residency on the Strip that's been around since the 80s. The show also includes tributes to Celine Dion, Lady Gaga, and Cher. Monica Ricks, CBS News. A day after Joe Rogan apologized for repeatedly using the N-word on his podcast. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. Spotify CEO has apologized to employees. He tells the Wall Street Journal the company will not remove Rogan's show, but it will spend $100 million on music and audio content from what he calls historically marginalized groups. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make 200 to $300 this year. Wow. That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GEAR for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code GEAR to earn 25 cents a gallon or more on your first tank. That's code GEAR. Are you a child care provider? Ever considered being a child care provider? Wanting to work from home and be your own boss? Athens County Child Care Unit can help you get started. Child care is essential to working families and the workforce shortage. Athens County is in desperate need of child care settings. Start your own business. Become a licensed family child care provider. Contact the child care unit at Ohio Means Jobs, Athens County, 510 West Union Street, or by calling 740-797-1405. Daily reports of the stock market's close. Tune in at 5.30 tonight on WATH to stay informed about your money. The stock market report is brought to you by Goldsberry Wealth Strategies, serving Athens County since 2005. The Goldsberry Wealth Strategies stock market report airs exclusively in Athens County on 970 WATH weekdays at 5.30 immediately after our local newscast. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 AM on WATH. Here at A Work of Heart, we have just what you need for the perfect gift or decoration for your home. We have two laser engravers, which you can use to design the perfect gift with names, dates, and sayings. Most of these products are made in Ohio. We have beautiful decorative wreaths with plaques that can be personalized with sayings or family names. Most of these products can be taken home the same day. We stock a great selection of porch flags and rugs with seasonal inserts that will make your front door so inviting. We have a great selection of inspirational signs made in West Virginia and Indiana, such as This Is Us, Our Life, Our Story, Our Home, some with a West Virginia or Ohio State outline. How about Welcome to the Porch or Welcome to the Deck? Come see us today at A Work of Heart in Grand Central Mall, Vienna, West Virginia, 
and find us on Facebook or at a workofheart.biz. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Who Day! Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to Los Angeles to face the Rams in Super Bowl 56. This is the first time since the 1988 season that the Bengals have been in the Super Bowl. Westwood One's coverage of Super Bowl 56 is brought to you locally by Higher Choice Auto Service Center, White's Mill, and Red Brick. Tune in on February 13th at 2 p.m. on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Coach Turf, your NF Tech football team played an opponent this week that you didn't really have much time to prepare for. That's right. You know, we was playing the folks over to East Springfield Polytechnic. They wasn't even on the schedule when we was making up the schedule prior to the season even starting. We thought that we was going to be playing a real prestigious uh, opponent this week, the Georgia Institute of Football, TGIF, but those boys didn't feel like they wanted to come and play us, and we got real lucky when uh, East Springfield Polytechnic, the boys over to ESP, called up and said they figured that we was going to play a ball game this week, and they wanted to play us. It certainly was a coincidence when they called looking for a ball game. Well, not only that, it was real amazing because just prior to that, the folks over to TGIF called said they wasn't coming, and Coach uh, uh, Benzinger, Brains Benzinger, over to ESP called and says, Coach, Coach, I know that you're looking for a ball game this week, and I wanted to come over and play y'all. And I'm just wondering, Coach, what kind of game was it? It was a fine ball game. You know, I am real pleased with the way the Oysters acquitted themselves up on, on the football field. You know, they did play a real fine ball game on offense. And, of course, now I am real pleased about the way they played on defense. They gave a real fine effort. And, of course, all the boys that played on special teams, they gave a real fine effort as well. And, of course, the Oysters did play a fine ball game. And I do want to point out that everybody over to ESP gave a real fine effort as well. They played a fine ball game. So what all the fans, what came over to the ball game, over to the half-shell stadium scene, when everything was all over, said and done with, was a fine ball game. Well, Coach, can we report that the Oysters picked up their first win of the season? Well, you could report that if you wanted, but uh, you'd be in a gross error. You know, uh, I'm, I'm real ashamed of, of, of the way the score turned out, but I do want to point out to all the fans that the score is not indicative of the way that we played because we played a whole lot better than the score would indicate. What was that score, Coach? Well, we got beat 46 and zip. And I'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. Well, Coach Turf, a 46 to nothing loss. I know it was a difficult uh, chore getting ready for a team that you only knew one day in advance you were going to be playing. Well, that's right. You know, it wasn't real easy to get ready for a, a ball game which you only knew a day ahead of time you was going to be playing. But, you know, that's one of the things that makes football a great game it is. You know, that's one of the things you've got to expect when you get into this great business uh, of coaching football. You know, uh, preparing for ball games and, and relating to the unexpected just goes along with fumbles and interceptions. You've got to expect that life ain't going to be no uh, uh, smooth road. It's going to have a few bumps and potholes, and uh, I believe we found all of them this week. 
How would you compare the ESP team to some of the better teams in the six-pack conference? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because, you know, uh, uh, what, what Coach uh, uh, Benzinger come up to me and said after the ball game was, he says, Coach, you know, you got a real fine ball club, and, and I know you got some real fine ball clubs in your conference, and I, we was wondering if maybe we could come into the conference next year. And what did you tell him, Coach? Well, who ever heard of a seven-pack? Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Marvelous, beautiful sunshine booming through our windows this morning. Supposed to get up to 48 degrees today. Think of that. We'll get some melting. We need some melting. In fact, the, the next few days, 48 today, 38 tomorrow, 53 on Wednesday, 51 on Friday. I... We'll get rid, rid of some of this out there. Although it is awfully beautiful. And to be perfectly honest, it hasn't uh, held me up. I have a um, four-wheel drive vehicle that uh, does pretty good in all of it. You just have to be cautious about others, right? And um, and never take too much confidence in how well it's going. Just always uh, looking out for what could go wrong. Anyway, good morning. Scott, you well? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Today is February 7th. Let's see, we typically tell you about what day, uh, what, what happens on this day, February 7th it is. They say it's National Send a Card to a Friend Day. That's nice. For no reason at all, just do it. You know, you get Valentine's cards, you get um, Christmas cards, but just to do it for no reason, it almost has a special purpose, you know? Yep. It's National Periodic Table Day. Do you have the periodic table posted anywhere in your home? No. No, I I loved chemistry class, though. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I got straight A's in it, not to I, toot my own horn or anything. That's how much I enjoyed it. I have a small one down <clears> in my shop. I think I have a small one in the garage, too. Do I ever refer to them? No. <laughs> I used to years ago. Only, uh, anyway, let's see. Lastly, it's National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. Mm. Mm, is right. One of my favorites. Ditto. 
with chicken and broccoli for me, please. Yeah, anything you add to it suits me. And then, of course, you have to have some garlic bread on the side, right? Or don't you? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. I'm disappointed when you go somewhere and they say, we're sorry. I'm like, oh, no, what are you out of? Let me guess, garlic bread? Yes. Uh, Garlic bread is good in any fashion. All right. Let's see here. How about historical stuff? Let's talk about the year 1238 when the Mughals burned the Russian city of Vladimir. 1238. Let's see here. Can I pronounce this right? In 1301, Edward of Hernarfen, something to that effect, who later became known as Edward II, becomes the first English Prince of Wales. Um, I think I've mentioned this on the show, but I hope not too often to bore you or anything, but I've been trying this Ancestry.com thing where you send your DNA, right? And uh, Scotland and Wales appear heavily in my DNA. So I have an, I have an interest in uh, doing that someday. Visiting, that is. 1842, the Battle of Deborah Tabor. Ras Ali Alula. Regent of the Emperor of Ethiopia defeats Warlord Woob, W-O-B-W-U-B-E, Woob, I'm going to go, Halle, Mariam of Simeon. That's a tough one. Uh, We'll just let it go. 1856, Colonial... Tasmanian Tasmanian Parliament passes the first piece of legislation, the Electoral Act of 1856, anywhere in the world providing for elections by way of a secret ballot. Secret ballot. 1991. Getting up a little closer to current day, the IRA launches a mortar attack on 10 Downing Street during a cabinet meeting. I remember that. 1991. Well, let's see here. Let's do some birthdays, okay? All right. Um, <coughs> we've got... Um, Two living and two uh, past. Uh, which ones do you want to start with? You pick. No. You pick. No. You pick. No. You pick. Okay. <laughs> pick it. Um, I'm not protesting. Okay. Then pick something else. Okay. Um... Well, let's do the living first. Ashton Kutcher, 
Young man celebrating his 44th birthday. Christopher Ashton Kutcher is an American actor, model, producer, and entrepreneur. He began his acting career portraying Michael Kelso in the Fox sitcom That 70s Show. Oh, yeah. He made his film debut in the romantic comedy Com- uh, Coming Soon, followed by the comedy film Dude, Where's My Car? Hmm. Which is a box office hit. Garth Brooks, celebrating his 60th birthday today. He is a country singer-songwriter. His integration of pop and rock elements into the country genre has earned him popularity. And uh, he's had many great hits, big hits. Sure. Now, doesn't he also appear on one of those TV shows, or am I getting him confused with somebody else? Uh, One of those TV shows where they judge the singers? Not sure if I've seen him on on one. Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Um, um, (laughs) That's all right. I can see his face. Putting him on the spot. He's on the uh, voice. That's uh, right what i'm thinking of there all right well two uh, two birthdays uh, that um, are of people past first is that of charles dickens he was born on this date in 1812 he died in 1870 charles dickens and while i'm doing that um Blake Shelton is That's the guy it. I'm That's trying it. to think of. Blake Shelton, you're absolutely yeah. right. Charles Dickens, Charles John Huffam Dickens, was an English writer and social critic. He created some of the world's best-known fictional characters and is regarded by many as the greatest novelist of the Victorian era. And uh, many of his writings have been made into movies, including A Christmas Carol, Oliver Twist, Scrooge, and Oliver. Now, listen, that, that's, that's a great list of movies. Um, wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and according to this, his most famous book is A Christmas Carol, written in 1843. Hmm. And uh, the last uh, famous birthday, again, of someone who's already passed, John Deere. And he was born in 1804, died in 1886. I'm going to assume the famous John Deere um, Farming Equipment Company. And uh, you would be correct. He was an American blacksmith and manufacturer who founded Deere & Company, one of the largest and leading agricultural and construction equipment manufacturers in the world. Born in Rutland, Vermont. He moved to Illinois and invented the first commercially successful steel plow in 1837. I have a John Deere um, yard tractor, lawn mower and everything. Yep. Um, And it's performed very well, of course. Yep. Okay. They say nothing runs like a deer. That is one of their corporate sayings, isn't it? Yeah, their tagline. 
Okay, two famous deaths to bring up. One mm-hmm. is that of Anne Marl Lindbergh. She was born in 1906. On this, let's see here. It would be, um, she was born in 1906, but died on this date in 2001. I had not recalled her living that long. Need a spelling there? Lindbergh? Well, the, the entire name. A-N-N-E. So A-N-N-E, middle name Marl, M-O-R-R-O-W, last name Lindbergh. L-I-N-D-B-E-R-G-H. Anne Spencer Morrow Lindbergh was an American author and aviator. She was the wife of decorated pioneer aviator Charles Lindbergh, mm-hmm. with whom she made many exploratory flights. Raised in Englewood, New Jersey, and later New York City, she graduated from Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts. And the last to mention today, that of Harvey Firestone. Born in 1868, died on this date in 1938. Harvey Samuel Firestone was an American businessman and the founder of the Firestone Tire and Rubber Company, one of the first global makers of automobile tires. Let's see if there's anything else here I need to mention. No, I think we went through that stack pretty well. <clears throat> Um, let's just do a couple statistics on COVID. Uh, I'll start with Athens and work backwards. Um, we have had 112 deaths in our county since this all began. That number has been uh, at that number for four or five weeks now. I'm sorry, four or five days now. And um, it generally increases by just one once in a while. Because the treatment for COVID is becoming... Well, first of all, it seems that Omicron is less less likely to produce death. Um, second, it seems that our health care system has learned many ways of preventing it, too. So it's pretty much with people with some sort of other condition that is who we're still losing. Anyway, Athens County, 112 have died. And as I say, it's been that number for, I'm going to say, a week. We have presently had a total of 13,686 cases in our county. So that's almost 21% of our county's residents have had COVID at one time or another. There were 14 new cases yesterday. We presently have 331 being hospitalized in our county. There are 
11,892 people who have recovered. They've had it. They're done with it. Which, um, so 86.9% of those that have caught it here are now done with it. All right, let's do the state of Ohio. Once again, I remind you, we basically have 11.7 million people living in our state. Um, New cases yesterday, 2017. Bringing our total cases since the whole thing began to... 2,610,125. So 22.3% of our state's population has experienced COVID. Some of them still are. At the present time, we have 223, I'm going to round it up, 224,000 active cases which is about 8% of our total population. Of the 223,000, 224 actually, uh, 12,900 are in an ICU in the ICU 96,100 are not. They're in a regular hospital setting. And then you have an even larger number recovering at their homes. To date, we've had nine, I'm sorry, 2,386,236 people who have had it today are recovered. That's 91.42% of those that have gotten it are over it now in our state. Vaccinations. State of Ohio, 61.43%. of our population in the state has been vaccinated. That's 7 million. 180,614. Uh, I sort of failed to mention that on the Athens chart. We always run behind. 52.89%. Or 34,555 have been vaccinated in our county. I'm looking forward to getting my second booster, which should be, uh, the word I hear is like five months after you've had your first booster, give or take, you can have your second booster. I've not heard of anyone receiving one of those yet, but um, it's been five months for me, and I'm looking forward to doing that as soon as it's possible. 
Um, did I overlook any major thing on the state? I guess not. Okay, United States. 75.4% have been vaccinated if you look at the, our nation as a whole. Well done. Um, now, this could be just because of the reporting cycles on weekends and so on. But let's take uh, last Thursday. There were 4,700 deaths. Friday, 2,700. 20, Saturday, 3,000. Yesterday, in our nation, 374 deaths. So, you know, you don't know how, whether that's just a matter of how they turn the numbers in on weekends and things like that. But we'll hope it's good news. Okay. I think, I think I've given that enough attention. Um, let's, let's take a break from the hard stuff and talk some fun stuff. And Scott, I really have to rely on you because you are so much ahead of me on these things. <laughs> we'll um, find out. We've got a football game coming up. Saturday, I went to the uh, men's basketball game with Pat. I'm sitting about... Five rows in front of us were Jimmy and, um, oh, shucks, help me. Western uh, Michigan? No, Joe, Joe Burrow's you, parents. Oh, you ta- I thought you were talking about the opponent. I'm sorry. Jimmy and Robin? Yeah. And needless to say, lots of people came up to visit with them. I'm sure. Um take selfies, that sort of thing. They're such nice folks. Very nice. I got to know Robin. Well, I guess I could say long before I got to know Jimmy. But they are fine people. And I think their son has made us all proud of our region here. Um, We have a ball game Sunday. Did you know that? Yes. They call it um, the Super Bowl. Bowl, yes. Um, It is going to feature the Cincinnati Bengals, for whom Joe Burrow is uh, probably the best-known player and is the quarterback. On Sunday, when the game is played, and the the game time is what? 6.30. Okay. We have, I think, 
either five or eight hours of special programming, which to me, I it's a little hard to think that it's going to be awesome. But the Westwood people who we had to get special permission from, even though we were a member of the Bengals network, we did receive special permission to carry Westwood One's broadcasts once they finished the regular season, or I guess regular um, playoffs. But the Super Bowl was held exclusively by um, a broadcast company called Westwood One. When they realized, you know, the relationship of this station to Joe Burrow, uh, they have been over backwards to treat us well. And we really liked the way they worked with us. But they have either three or four pre-game shows before the regular pre-game show. So we're going to start airing stuff, I'm, I'm going to say like noon or 11, what is it? Uh, I think it's at 2.30. 2.30 is when we begin? Okay. Yeah, let me uh, check here and verify that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Well, the game's at... 2 o'clock. Actually, no, 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 no. Super Bowl preview. Oh yeah, but I mean, two what? to three p.m. And the game starts at six thirty. Okay, so we've got four hours of feature programming, and they're in three different segments. I can't remember the names of them. It doesn't matter. I think you will enjoy listening to them. All our local sponsors have piled on and said we want to be a part of this. Um, and we have more that would like to be, but, you know, it, it filled up so quickly. And absolutely. That's what I've told people. You, know, you got to jump on this when, when we put it out there. Yep. And uh, so we're going to be putting on a bunch of things that we think you'll thoroughly enjoy. Um, yeah, if you want to. Check these out. 2 to 3 p.m. Super Bowl preview. 3 to 4 of Super Bowl Insider. Um, following that, 5 p.m. kickoff. Uh, coverage starts at 5 and then kickoff at 6.30. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. And, of course, we thank all of the sponsors who generously are interested in promoting this game and being a part of our business relationship here at 970. And Connor on our staff, we have promos on the air about all of this. And each time he mentions three different sponsors that are involved. So the next time you hear him, he'll mention three other ones and so on. But we're making sure everybody gets their names mentioned a number of times. All right. Well, I've got a thing in here. It says, uh, for many people, football is far more than just a game. It's a sacred American tradition. These fans aren't just spectators, but are also participants. They do more than just proudly wear a team's jersey. (coughs) Excuse me. 
perfect game day chili or tailgate with fellow fans. They show their passion by roaring in approval when their team scores a touchdown or crying out in disappointment when they fumble their way to failure. Football is by far America's favorite sport to watch. With more popularity than basketball, baseball, and soccer combined. Wow. I mean, that kind of bothers me a little bit because, of course, I coached soccer and played baseball. But the sport I love to watch the most, basketball. Oh, well. Um, Let me get back to the story here. In fact, 62% of Americans consider themselves either a fan or somewhat of a fan of professional football. And 54% say the same for college football. Well, during the COVID-19 pandemic, it's been a difficult time for football lovers who have seen games get canceled or played for emptied stands or sparse groups of fans. The vaccine helped crowds return to stadiums toward the end of 2021. But with the Omicron variant surging, football may be best enjoyed from the couch. Uh, In other words, watching it by TV, right? Certain cities provide a better football experience than others, though. The Super Bowl, what's LV1? That'd 56. 56, right? Yeah. Yeah. With Super Bowl 56 upon us, Wallet Hub compared more than 240 U.S. cities with at least one college or professional football team across 21 key metrics. Our data set ranges from number of NFL and college football teams to stadium capacity, to, to fan engagement. For fun and interesting facts about the biggest sporting event of the year, make sure you check out Wallet Hub's Super Bowl 56 by the numbers infographic. Okay, now I've got a list. The best Football cities for fans. And I've got them listed by pro football and college football. Okay. Let me uh, scan here. That's odd. I was looking for a particular city. Hmm. Oh, I I bet I know one. Okay. Well, anyway, so this uh, this next chart is overall ranked city total score pro football and college football. Now, my son-in-law, Dan Weber, would get a real kick out of this. 
You want to, and Scott, that may have been a hint to you. Oh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Number one, <clears throat> Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. For pro football, they're number one. For college football, they're number seven. Now, a bigger test. Who do you think's number two? Green Bay. They become third. But before them is Dallas, Texas. They are number two for pro football. They are number 236 for college football. Now, Green Bay makes third, and they're tied at 236 for college. Number four is Boston. They're 189th for college. Five is Los Angeles. They're 47th for college. Sixth, New York City. They're 32nd for college. Then Miami, New Orleans, and coming in ninth, Cincinnati, who comes in 16th for pro. And 12th for college. That pro ranking is going to move up. Oh, yeah. By leaps. And bounds. I don't know about bounds, but leaps will be tough to pass Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and Dallas. But they're pretty good it's pass. possible. They, they pass pretty well. I, if they did it right <laughs> now, it would. I'm messing with you. Yeah, I know. Okay. Number 10 is Indianapolis. Kansas City is 11. San Francisco is 12. Let's just scroll down here. Um, okay, Cleveland comes in 26th in pro. I'm sorry, 25th in pro, 236th in college. Now. Uh, we have a caller here. I'll get to him in just a moment. Does Athens appear on this list? Yes. Obviously, it it shows up under the uh, small, uh, you know, the colleges. Let me find it here. I had it earlier. This is a complicated report. One ten. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Um, come on. What am I doing wrong here? Okay, let's go back here. I'm sorry, call. Oh, uh, it'll be just a moment. Well, here's Oxford, okay? Oxford shows up 51st in college small city score. Uh, my papers are not well enough organized at the moment. I'm embarrassed. I can't find Athens. Well, here it is, 81st, 81st. 
Okay, we got a caller. Let's bring him on board. They've been patient, very patient. Good morning. Tickety poo. Tickety poo, indeed. How about them Bobcats? Best record they've had ever. Yes. It was uh, fun to attend the game. Oh, well, I listened to it. Yeah. But they, I they, tell you, it was Sibs weekend, and the the um, still the convo was not full. There's still people being cautious. But it was uh, much more full than it has been. Yeah, I listened to it on the radio. Mm-hmm. They, they. I hope Tuesday night they beat Toledo. Yeah, at Toledo. Right. That's ESPN, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I don't see any TV coverage at the moment. But that's not saying that it couldn't be. It'd be a good game to get on ESPN, yeah. Yeah, it would. Yeah, but I'm not seeing any TV coverage anywhere. I just don't understand what happened to OU when Toledo came here. I just, yeah. you know, I, I guess any given night you could have an off night, but that was terrible. Right. Yeah, I, I was surprised too of the margin of difference. I thought it'd be right. a much closer game. Toledo's good, yeah, but man, the Bobcats are really good. I look for them to win it all. I do, too. Well. And then, and then pull an upset in the NCAA like he did against Georgetown and Virginia. Yes. And even Michigan, too, a few years back. When oh, D- yeah. When D.J. Cooper was playing. And North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking uh, here and um... – we have no home games this week. Uh, we do in women's basketball, but uh, not in men. Next three men's games are on the road. Yeah. yeah and, well, the ladies are doing good, too. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, I mean. we got two women's games here this week, I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, i got one more thing to say. Two day, every day, go Bengals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a great who day day in the neighborhood, right? You got that right, Scott. Yeah. I look I look for Joe to light him up. Me I too. I just, I just have that feeling because I watched him in all them playoff games, and his expression and his mode, his body language didn't change once. He was always cool. Yes. Cause he, he, I believe he thinks he knew he could handle it. I think he's always had this persona disposition. He can beat anybody. Doesn't matter who it is. Yes, he can. They he should he proved that. They need to them. keep that defensive end off of him though from the Rams. That Donald. I think it's Aaron oh, Donald. He's pretty pretty tough. I just hope hope the line shows up like it did in a couple of games. They mm-hmm. need to. Oh that if he I'm I'm you know, I, I'm, I'm harping on this all the time, but if they get a def- offensive line to protect him, I don't think anybody would be able to beat him. I think you're right. And Joe knows yeah. he can beat anybody, as I said. And Jimmy and I were talking last week about a uh, game coming up. You know, it's going to be interesting. Of course, Jimmy doesn't go one way or the other. But uh, he, deep down, he knows. You know, we we both said, you know, we got a good chance. Oh, definitely. Well, he said we, and, I, you know, I don't want to take credit for being part of the Bengals, but uh, 
I told Jimmy, I said, I'm, I'm going to have fun watching Joe pick them apart. And he can do it. Him, yeah, and I'm waiting. I know Randy Moss's son's on the practice squad. Right. I'm looking for him to improve, and he gets up there with Joe and Amp, Joe and Chase. It's going to be LSU win, 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 win. Oh, yeah. Randy Moss was on a, a program last week and talking about how Coach O at LSU treated Randy's son just like he would have treated him just like a son at LSU. Gave him an opportunity to play. Well, And he was I, very, very appreciative of Coach O. Well, I mean, I think every one of them players, he treated him the same. Oh, he did, yeah. Everything. He didn't say no partiality. If you, if you was good, you played. If you was half good, you got a chance. Yeah. And. You know, uh, have, you, have you ever coached a, a sport? I did baseball. No. Like peewee thing. I was, um, I coached at Athens High School soccer. Number of years. And Rob Dorman, I don't know if you remember Rob, but he he was my um, right-hand assistant. I remember the name. His family used to have an auto parts store there on, um, where would that be? Right there. Carpenter Street. Carpenter Street, yes. Okay. Anyway, Rob, we, we, those kids that played for me, all today, of course, are adults. We see each other. We give each other hugs. You know, they were a great group. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that experience. And we yeah. play, and we were successful too. And of course, uh, Jerry, oh, help me out at uh, all out. Alexander. Jerry Crow. J- Jerry Crow. No. Where was it? Anyway, he was the coach out at Alexander. And um, he may, I think the two of us had a lot to do with soccer development in this region. Are you talking about Jerry's son, Kirk? No. Kirk's the coach out there at Alexander. Jerry and Cindy Royce. I just got the last name, Royce. Um, I think the two of us had a lot to do with development of soccer in this region. Oh, well. Thank you. You've done a lot with this region to help the kids, I'll tell you. I I don't know. It It just happens, but you work at it. Yes, you do, and it's and the rewards is worth it. Yep. All right. Y'all have a great day. Likewise. See you, Don. Bye. Whoops, I cut him off there. I didn't mean to. Um. Let's see here. We have four minutes remaining. That story is longer than four minutes. Let's see here. What highlights do we have out of the news? Um, well, this isn't pleasant news. It says, uh, the enemy of the good. The United States has a vaccination problem. 
And it is not just about relatively large share of Americans who have refused to get a shot. The U.S. also trails many other countries in the share of vaccinated people who have received a booster shot. In Canada, Australia, and much of Europe, the recent administering of COVID-19 booster shots has been rapid. In the U.S., it has been much slower. Then they have a graph. And it's not really good news. In a different problem from the outright skepticism of the vaccine, the unvaccinated skew, heavily Republican, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation, the vaccinated but unboosted more closely resemble the country as a whole. Millions of Americans who have already received two vaccine shots, eagerly in many cases, have not yet received a follow-up. I got my follow-up on February 8th. It's almost a year ago. Wait a minute. February 8th. I'm sorry, I said, said it all wrong. September 8th. But still, you know, it's time now to um, start thinking about this second booster. But many haven't gotten the first. It's just discouraging, folks. For this, we can be so much healthier. We, our lives can be so much better, and we can protect one another so much better. Again, if we all comply with this. Well, I know people have their own personal reasons. So, will you get a booster do- dose? <coughs> cent as su- 39% say as soon as I can. 16% say I will wait and see how boosters are working for others. <coughs> 22% say only if required for school, work, or other activities. And 19% say definitely not. Doggone it. Well, have you been watching the Olympics? It has caught me up. I've always enjoyed watching the Winter Olympics. And the more I watch this one, the more I'm drawn in. Imagine the downhill skiing. Skiing on two pieces of wood, four inches wide, at 90 plus miles an hour. And then expected to make curves and cuts and you know what I mean. Who gets down that? In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. 
I'm Deborah Rodriguez. New COVID infections continue to fall, and there's a new sign life may slowly be getting back to pre-pandemic times in New Jersey. Correspondent Christopher Cruz. A state official familiar with the decision confirms to CBS News that Democratic Governor Phil Murphy will announce later today that the state will no longer require students, teachers, and staff to wear masks. Local school districts will still be able to require them. They've declared a state of emergency in the capital of Canada a week and a half after Convoys of trucks began jamming downtown streets to protest vaccine mandates. Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson. We're in the midst of a serious emergency, the most serious emergency our city has ever faced. The protests have spread to Toronto and Quebec City. In Australia, Prime Minister Scott Morrison says his country will reopen to international tourists for the first time in almost two years. World leaders are scrambling to try to head off a possible Russian invasion of Ukraine. White House correspondent Stephen as Russia's military buildup continues, so too does the diplomacy. Vladimir Putin meets today in Moscow with the French president, and here in Washington, President Biden consults with the new German chancellor. Republicans have said the U.S. should preemptively impose sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that would carry natural gas from Russia to Germany. The president and congressional Democrats have so far rejected the suggestion. But the White House now says if a Russian invasion does occur, the pipeline will not move forward. Jury selection is getting underway now in Georgia in the federal hate crimes trial of three white men convicted of murdering Ahmaud Arbery, a black man who'd been jogging in their neighborhood. Father and son Greg and Travis McMichael withdrew their plea agreements on Friday. Some of the biggest companies in the world aren't living up to their climate claims. CBS's Vicki Barker is at the foreign desk. They say they'll cut their carbon emissions 100 percent by 2030, but the new Climate Institute